When you're down in your luck, you're lost in the muck, and your team is running last, just grab a beer, sit down and cheer for the cause of the Void Podcast. Hello and welcome to the seventh edition of the Calls of the Void podcast with Jimmy and Adrian. Hello, Adrian. That far along already, are we? <laughs> we are. We're running along, running along, running along in, into our, you know, lovely little, lovely little chats here. You know, going. I don't know how long we'll go for. We're going. We're going. <laughs> how, many, how many? How many editions until? How many? Rec- how, many how many editions you reckon? Ninety nine more, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> going on forever. Unlimited topics. With but unlimited th- fun. But uh, this one's going to be the finale of art. It is. And- Finale, yeah. uh, and, and then and then we might go into some more probably serious topics. Oh, that'll got, be fun. That'll be episode eight. Might be you know we haven't decided on the topic yet, but it could. We've got you know religion oh. could be the universe. Can't wait to offend some people. <laughs> yeah. uh, could be could be a whole could be anything. Oh, I mean, so well, stay tuned, just, my friends. Stay this is tuned. just stalling for time until I can go into a massive rant and destroy everyone's <laughs> deepest held beliefs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm just biding my time, man. <laughs> uh, Let's dig into it, shall Let's we? Let's dig into it. So what we're going to focus on today is the kind of the complexity of art, you know, art and its complex nature and also drugs in art, you know. So yeah, keep, mm-hmm. let's 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 crack in crack into the um into the into the convo, our first topic. Um oh, sorry, I thought you were going to Oh, you thought I was <laughs> Some paintings and music are too complex for the average person to understand and can only be appreciated on deeper and more meaningful levels. This means that some of the most complex and meaningful forms of art cannot be appreciated by most people. This may mean that songs by the Beatles and Bob Dylan may not be the best songs and may not be constructed by the most intelligent musical geniuses. Yes, well that's something I wrote, a bit of a controversial statement. Would you you agree with that, Jimmy? I would agree, especially because (laughs) I disagree with it. Okay. Well, it, it probably would have been better if you'd read that out. Yeah, probably. Your, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh well. But, um, you know, it's your point. <laughs> Convince me. <laughs> okay, so anyway, this the reason why I've written this is because as we've, um, you know, talked about on the comedy kind of podcast and music pod, well, mainly, mainly comedy, you know, the reason why comedy works is because people people laugh at it, right? You, you, people need to understand um what you're saying and why, and they need to they need to believe that that what you're saying is funny, um, in order for them to enjoy it, right? So it really needs to be relatable, okay? If your if your art and it, this is paintings, music, or comedy, or film, or any, any type of art, if it's not relatable to the audience, then I, you know, realistically, um, it's not it's not gonna you know it's not gonna sell it's not gonna sell. You know, so the most popular musicians, such as the Beatles and Bob Dylan, they, I, I, I think they probably appeal to the to the common man, <laughs> and not and not the crazy art, art musical genius man. You know what I mean? You sound like the disconnected politicians in this <laughs> Australian Parliament. You need to appeal to the common man. <laughs> Just take a picture of Scomo drinking a beer, and people will like him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, I hate that like fake that fake person that He's, just wants to it, and that's that's with anything social media as well. Yeah. Like a lot of people, just like you know, I need to fit in. I'll drink a beer yeah. and talk like this. Scomo's no Bob Hawke. He's, <laughs> he's a fundamentalist Christian who married his high school sweetheart. <laughs> There's no way he's been through the emotional trauma necessary to be an alcoholic like, <laughs> like old Hawke. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, that could, both horse fucking crazy. But I for, at one time, he held, held the world record for the fastest beer skull. That was the Australian Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> what a man. Bring him back. Rest in peace, you magnificent bastard. Yes. I think we have already said rest in peace in, on this podcast of Bob Hawke. I think that's the second tribute. We said it to X and we said it... To, I don't remember if we said it to Hawke. We said it to a few people. Oh, I think when he Edic- died, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was just me and you. Who knows? But anyway... We def- definitely had one for him at the pub when, yes, that, was, we did. when that was news. Bit of Hawke's lager. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm saying maybe there are musical geniuses out there, right, who write music and write art and even comedy and whatever... Any to- any form of art, and they're so beyond everyone else that they right. write something that only other musical geniuses can understand. Sure. Therefore, I mean, they are the best musical musical and geniuses and artistic geniuses. And you know, Bob Dylan and the Beatles are you know, and and the more popular artists uh, are only people that you know. Well, have of- you ever heard of a band called Rush? No. Rush was described to me as music for musicians. And their music, like, it can be listened to by anyone. They have really good riffs and great song structure and lyrics. But you appreciate it on a way more different level if you know the intricacies of what they're doing. Like, one of my favorite songs by them, it's an instrumental called YYZ, or Mm -hmm. Z, depending where in the world you live. But YYZ is... um, the the main riff right is really catchy, but it actually spells out Y Y Z in Morse code. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's, cool. that's the level that they're playing at. Yeah, you know, but it still can be appreciated by anyone. And like my only issue with your statement here is that you said it may not be the best songs that are constructed by you know, popular artists like the Beatles or Bob Dylan, which we commonly call the best, they may not actually be the best. Yeah. I disagree because I think part of being the best is being relatable to anyone and everyone. Or being understandable on a certain level or maybe for different reasons Mm -hmm. to anyone or everyone. Yeah, I can can agree with that. Maybe maybe their music is so good because they are such, you know, they are musical geniuses, except they can... Get get their genius and kind of almost dumb it down, they, but make it complex at the same time to make it so you know soothing and, and, and great for us touch, to listen to. Is they, that... they can touch the hearts and minds of whoever, yeah, is listening to their music. Like you listen. Are they John, appreciated by John... these musical geniuses? Maybe I don't know. I mean, we aren't possibly everyone cites the Beatles as an influence yeah. in music. Almost everyone. Yeah, you know, it's like they're the guys. Yeah. And you take John Lennon's song Imagine yeah. to someone who, say, maybe doesn't know a lot of political theory. Mm-hmm. He's just singing about a perfect world, everyone being happy, joining hands, yeah. singing along. Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah, to, that is true. But to people who knew John, <laughs> to people who knew John Lennon <laughs> and his about, politics... You reckon he was about singing, communism? He's singing about anarcho-socialism okay. <laughs> or anarcho-collectivism. Oh, like, yeah. There's so many different titles. Basically, he's saying abolish the government... And live with live however you want with who you want. Yeah, it's that is know. that is true. Um, may, maybe because the beauty of good art is that you know it kind of appeals to so many people, and it kind of there's different levels of it. Of course, right? People can interpret it the way they want, but you know, no matter the, which way you interpret it, um, you know, it kind of it, they enjoy it and they they like it and they yeah. get around it. What do you reckon, Aiden? Pretty much it, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but I still, I still think that, that, that mm. there are musical geniuses out there that just, there are songs that exist oh, yeah. that are way they too f- complex for us to understand. They fly under the radar. Yeah. Some people, it's impossible to get in their minds to know what they were thinking when they made something. We mm. had this discussion about Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. But it applies in the opposite direction as well. Is this too complex and intelligent? Yes, yeah. but I do think it's also the mark of someone intelligent to know that they're outdone mm. in this regard. Mm. You know, to just wash their hands and say, "I don't know enough." Yep. Yeah. And so that, any, yeah. And that applies to more than just music. Yeah, and art. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. So anyway, this this idea that um that you know there can be art produced that it's just out of my I just can't understand it. It's yeah. so good that I or so complex. Not necessarily good, but too complex. Um, came came to me from a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shay, Shay, if you're listening to this, buddy, it's probably not. Probably it's definitely not. But he probably know. thinks we're the biggest dumbasses in the universe <laughs> for doing this. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't be wrong either, to be honest. Nah, he wouldn't be wrong. He wouldn't. But be wrong. um, what what did Shay tell you? <laughs> anyway, I was um running around at school uh, a couple years ago, as he did. As he a, just he just ran around. I just ran around. He I was, was just that, one of those free roamers. He was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was a rebel. I was a rebel back in the day. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. I, was, <laughs> I very much played by the rules, but that's all right. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So anyway, um, he he told. I was just like, oh, so you know, have you heard this band Tool? Oh no, no, no. No, he told me. He's it's his favorite band, right? Um, and he's like, oh, you know, Tool. And then I came back to him I'm like, oh yeah, I know Tool. Like it. I was looking at the hottest hundred, like in it was like the two thousand nine or two thousand ten hottest hundred, like best ever. And then yeah. Tool was on, it was like thirty seven or something. I was like, oh, you know, Tool. I gave it a listen to, but I didn't, you know, quite un- like it was. It was all right, but like you know, like you know, I kind of you know, I, I don't really get why it's your favorite band. You know, um, I appreciate it, but it's just not me. And he's like, yeah. oh man, like you don't you don't get it. Like it's too complex for you to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know whether to be offended or whether to, you know, just be like, oh, we'll just cop it. <laughs> you know, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the reality. Um, he thinks it is too complex for me to understand. It probably is, realistically. Tool is a very special band for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, there's a lot going that on in it. Every single one of their songs has a meaning behind it. Mm. You know, whether it's Schism or Vicarious or whichever those those happen to be my two favorites mm, mm. they had a lot of other songs sober is an important one for a lot of people because okay. it naturally it plays around addictions to whatever you yep. might happen to be addicted to definitely mm-hmm. spoke to me on a certain level yep. in my younger days <laughs> <laughs> when we were young yes. when we were fresh teens running around at school <laughs> teen, teen, everyone has their addiction at some point mate but yeah, um, yeah. It, they're, they're all brilliant musicians. That's beyond arguing whether or not their music's yeah. for you or not. Okay. The thing is, originally they were going to call their band Lacrimonia. Okay. Or something like that. Lacrimony? Something like that. It comes Jamie, from can you Latin look that up for us, please? <laughs> it comes from the Latin word for crying or tears. Yep. And it's like their point, their, the point is their music is meant to solicit that emotion. Okay. And to make you cry. Tears of joy, tears of sadness, rage. Mm. Mm. It's meant to elicit such emotion that you get to that stage. Okay. And it's about any kind of different things. Mm. Like the song I mentioned, Vicarious, is about just living through a TV screen. Yeah. You're right. watching the news, you're watching people die, 
terrorist attacks, yeah. a wife poisoned her husband, yeah. you know, and that's how you live. Yeah. You, that's how you get your kicks. Yeah. Watching human suffering on a TV screen. Yeah, it sounds very, you know, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of concept, you know. Like, is, is tool too complex? I mean, you, you, seem, just... you seem to probably have more of a, you know, musical intelligence than I do, so you probably understand it more than I do. And there's probably people out there who heavily disagree with everything I just said, yeah. as I do. Probably Tool does, to be honest. I yeah. don't know. They've never explicitly said, you know, this is exactly what this song is about. Yeah. It's mostly left to your interpretation, mm. but their lyrics are really poetic, so mm. it can be hard. Mm. Even if you're just, like, reading the lyrics, it still yeah, it's can hard be hard to, to get, get it. Yeah. what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so, but and it's, I, th- I think I think sometimes, and that for, for me definitely, that's kind of a good way. Like that's kind of a good thing, yeah. you know. Like words that you you know they mean something, but you're not exactly sh- you're not exactly sure what the 100 percent meaning behind it is. I think that's I think that's something beautiful about it. You know, like my favorite song is you know Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis, and I still don't 100 percent know what it means. You know what I mean? Which I think it, I think there's something cool about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but um, maybe something that Tool does not have in common with Oasis is that Tool is, I don't want to say meant to be experienced, but definitely heightened experience if you listen to it while on drugs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at the album work or like just look at even lyric videos on YouTube, the artwork is always really psychedelic and trippy. Yeah. You know, it's stuff like if you look at it while tripping on LSD, it's supposed to pulsate and change <laughs> colors. Yeah. 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 They, they, they definitely... Maybe that's maybe that's what I'm talking yes. about when it's too complex. Maybe it's just too <laughs> complex for me because I can only understand it if I'm on you magic mushrooms. You haven't had your mind open yet. <laughs> well, may, maybe you can fully appreciate it while clear-headed, but it's different. I'm not going to say better, but different in a good way. mm under the influence Mm -hmm. and like i said maybe they didn't write it in with the intention of you must be on drugs to listen to it in mind but they definitely knew people were going to do that Mm. Mm. and they probably they've probably obviously taken you know a whole whole bunch of drugs themselves you know and that's yeah and that's and you know that goes on sort of the the next point you know you know do bands um, well, they don't. Do, do they need to? No, but it, it definitely helps if they if they are under the influence of drugs because it kind of you know are they more connected yeah. to emotions? Are they? Yeah. W- w- is well, that the reason? Are always, they more connected to emotions? It always depends on the drug that you take, and I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. I think, yeah, in one way, it does sort of get you closer in touch with your emotions in ways that simple alcohol can't. Yeah. You know. You don't, you know, you get sad, drunk, and that that's not the same. Yeah, you know, it's not the same as, you know, sitting down under a tree, tripping balls <laughs> on acid. Yeah, and just being like, wow. Well, they say you know, you like, know acid, like all those hallucinogenic drugs, like they kind of you can you kind of um, realize like you know that we're all sort of one consciousness, like in a way. Some uh, people, some people say that. I don't you, know. you definitely feel a better connection better with c- everyone and everything around you. Yeah. You, it just, it puts you more at peace with your place in the universe. Mm, yeah. This sounds so hippie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not that person, <laughs> but it like, I'll admit speaking from experience, it does that. Mm. It does that. And it definitely carries a lesson with you that, 
yeah, we're all humans, you know, we all, you know, it's not that we're all one consciousness together, you know, just we're all one consciousness experience itself subjectively. Yeah, Hicks did more drugs. There's no such thing as death. Life is only a dream. And but and we are the imagination of ourselves. Okay, <laughs> that guy did way more drugs than I have. <laughs> Maybe he's right. Talking about Bill Hicks here. Yeah, and, yes. um, Was it re- Relentless or Revelations? I think, I think it was. Both. Re- yeah, probably both. Yeah. That was the message he wanted to give at the end of the day. Yeah. Thing is, he he could be a hundred percent right. Comedian, by the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> we mentioned yeah, him before to our comedy podcast. People people might <laughs> just be tuning in for episode seven, Adrian. They might just be like, oh, this well, is trending on iTunes. Well, then they're dumbasses. Let's, hit, let's gotta, listen to episode you gotta start, seven. You've got to start from the beginning, you stupid pricks. <laughs> let's just roast our listeners, Hadrian. How dare you? Hey, if they've listened from episode... hypothetical epi- listeners. If they've listened from episode one, then they're used to it by now, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'll abuse them so hard they'll think I was a member of the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Um... Uh, Okay. Drugs, Bill Hicks. We're talking about drugs. <laughs> yeah, it, it puts you closer in touch with your emotions. Yeah, that. But then also, I think creative, creativity. Yeah, it definitely. might open you up to an idea that you never thought of before. Mm. And then when you sober mm. down, you might think this was terrible. Yeah. Why, why would I think that? Yeah. But then you might think this is actually brilliant. I, and then my God, I was right. Into it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that all makes sense now. Not speaking as someone who is part of a band that has taken heaps of drugs and sold record-breaking albums, but yeah. I think it might have to do equal parts creativity and then equal parts getting in touch with emotions to actually have something to write about. And mm. especially with a band like Tool, mm-hmm. which is all about that. Mm. You know, like I said, they were going to call themselves Lacrimonia, get people about crying. Yeah, They changed their name to Tool because that's what they see themselves as. They are a tool for you, the ah. listener, to explore yourself through their music but at the same time um they're not a tool because they actually don't exist on spotify and therefore people cannot <laughs> cannot listen to them <laughs> yeah well spotify are corporate scumbags denying people brilliant art and i hate them okay <laughs> well i mean that was their choice uh tool withdrew their yeah thing oh so it wasn't spotify refusing to put them on I oh i don't know the story but like i can't imagine that spotify would have refused to put a popular band on I can't imagine Tool would refuse to no, I think put that, their music on a medium where more people can reach it. Yeah, but I think they did because I think like... Uh, well, why don't we they get... They kind of rip them off, apparently. Spotify rips them off. Yeah, why don't we get Same that... Same as iTunes. Why don't we get that article up? Why don't we get... Uh, Jamie, can, Jamie, can you get that article up for us, please? Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we d- we've done the research. This is from Kerrang, which is a metal-themed magazine. Mm-hmm. They actually released a 20, 30-year anniversary... I think it was 30, 30-year 30 anniversary album of Metallica's Master of Puppets, mm. which featured covers by many other bands. Mm. However, about Tool, they are not on any digital streaming service. So they're mm. not on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Music, Deezer, what have you. Mm-hmm. The thing is... They say it's not their fault because Spotify does rip off a lot of its yeah, yeah. artists. Even Taylor Swift boycotted it before she gave it up. Tool has not yet. Mm-hmm. And there was a fan on Twitter. Jay-Z is not on tweeted, as well. Yeah. He tweeted, I would pay $20 per album just to have it digitally. Yeah. You know? You know, it's just like, why isn't it on Spotify? And then Maynard J. Keenan, the lead singer of Tool, uh-huh. said... 
So you're squawking at the wrong tool. <laughs> Essentially, they do have a new album coming out uh-huh. soon. Yeah. Apparently slated for next month. Yeah. And the theory is that when that album comes out, then all their music will finally be available on okay. Spotify yep. for everyone. They've, they've but, given into the into yes, the machine. Possibly. <laughs> but we don't know. capitalism. <laughs> no! You know, just because the system sucks and you want to change it, doesn't mean there's any shame in having to live within it yeah you know we all have to have jobs we all have to make as much money as we can Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't argue for something better Mm. but that's a different podcast Mm. i stopped it because uh (laughs) it was running while i was doing the research (laughs) timing issue don't worry okay don't worry (coughs) worry about that chief (coughs) okay (laughs) very interesting adrian very interesting interesting indeed but yeah it is a shame that you know um well, it's a shame that that they aren't on Spotify and that, you know, Jay-Z and Taylor Swift isn't on Spotify yes. either and that so many people, um, you know, can't listen to their music so so easily. But at the same time, it's, you know, awesome that we can listen to so many artists just like sure. at a click of a button, I suppose. I mean, every Tool album and song is on YouTube. Yeah. But, you know, okay. you know, unless you want to pay for YouTube Red, you can't listen to it with your phone in your pocket and your earbuds in. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. No one wants to pay for YouTube Red. Yeah. So I guess only the hardcore fans would probably listen to it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, buy their albums. Or buy the CDs, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's it's the age of digital music, you know? Yeah. No one wants a clunky CD or... unless nah. Unless you're, you know... And it's a perfectly valid hobby, too. You're one of those people that collect vinyls. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's fair enough. I've collected DVDs. Adrian, you can see there's... About yes, 350 DVDs on my shelf. shelf. Is that Paul Blart Mall Cop? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, they <don't> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a whole bunch of crazy shit up there, I'll tell the you. The Water Boy. Yeah, but this Tropic was... Tropic Thunder. I, I, I bought it, like, before Netflix came out, right? Yeah, And I was yeah. like... Uh, my, my, my thinking was, uh, like... Because I, I got it for $2 at, like, cash converters at the pawn shop, right? <laughs> like, they just sell them. So, I just... I just you know, every every few months, I just used to go, get there. I used to go there and I'd, oh, the naked- I was, like, 14 years old yeah. and I used to buy, like, you know, 100 DVDs, yeah. something ridiculous. And um, it, you, it turns out it didn't work because, you know, it wasn't worth it because Netflix came out soon after and they're basically meaningless, yeah. meaningless now. Just kind of got it for show. <laughs> you do have some good shit up there, though. Yeah. I, I see... Um the hell is that? Oh, Alien. You got Alien up there. Alien. I haven't seen most of them. I haven't seen Alien yet. <sighs> Naked Gun. Yeah, I've got... Scott I've got, Pilgrim versus yeah. the World. I've got a few good ones up there. Russia. Two dollars each. Because yeah. my thinking was... Did you get them all at once? Yeah, pretty much. It's like a yeah. hundred up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I went, uh, one day I was 14, right? Went there. And, like, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was... Yeah, I went to Cash Converters. Yeah. And um, I... Like just put you know fifty a hundred DVDs in the pile, and um and I was fourteen and I put like most most of them were MA and R rated movies and the guy just didn't care he was just like oh yeah whatever <laughs> no idea don't worry happy about to, it happy to get rid of them to yeah. be honest so if any if anyone out there is you know um willing to buy some DVDs please come to the Berry Residence um email me <laughs> Bruno <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a that's kick a fuck ass movie I'll tell you that yeah. But anyway, back to the oh, conversation, man. Adrian. <laughs> back to the conversation. Um, yeah, so different, different, um, I guess, drugs are um, used for different kind of genres of music. Would you agree to that? Um, not 100%, but they definitely have that 
association, the stereotype. Yeah. You know, like taking pingers, that's that's MDMA. Yeah, that's hard style. Yeah, that's hard style festivals. Yeah. And, you know. To be fair, I went to um Chinese Laundry once, which is a very... Well, it's a good club depending on who you are, but for me personally, it's everyone, the worst club in the world. Everyone <laughs> I've, spoke, I've never been... Everyone I've spoken to says it's shit. Well, yeah, I, I personally... Apparently, there's it. a really low ceiling that you like. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's, there's a, the main dance floor is just like hard sell, you know, and everyone's just sweating profusely. They're obviously <laughs> on, you know, two or three, you know, uh, MDMA pills. They're just going nuts. You're just going, they're just going, busting out the dance moves. And I just go in there and, you know, I stick out like a sore thumb, Adrian. I stay there for 10 minutes I, and I'll I piss off. I imagine people who've like never seen our faces before just, <laughs> lis- just listening to you go, so yeah, if you like hard soul and Emily May, please get to Chinese Laundry. However, um, if you don't, please stay as far as possible away from there because, yeah, not worth it. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of brings up the point, you know, obviously, MDMA and hard soul kind of go together. Um, LSD and so-called hippie music. No. The classic stuff from the 60s. Bit of, bit of Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Bit of Jimi Hendrix, you know. Bit, bit of... Um, who? Jimmy? No, no, no. I don't want to hear what you say. <laughs> I was going to say um, uh, the song Do- Donovan, Season of the Witch. Uh, yeah. That's a, good, that's a good hippie song. Mm. Must be the season of the week. I can just, Pink. I can just imagine, like, well, I can't imagine, but you know, I can just, I've, I would never do it, but you know, taking LSD yes. and just listening to the season of the witch, just being like, "Woo, Pink what Floyd, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah, that's not what it's like. Um, <laughs> Pink Floyd. Yeah, definitely yeah. Pink Floyd's and LSD. The unfortunate thing, Sid Barrett, the original singer, he got really messed up. Oh yeah, LSD. Yep, big time. He got because he took it. Like, took too much all the time too. So it happens, yeah, don't take too much of it or else you go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I think it's also linked with schizophrenia. I don't know. Did he get schizophrenia? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, it doesn't cause schizophrenia. No, but, but the it thing triggers is if you have, it, Yeah, if you yeah. have any latent potential for mental illnesses yeah. like depression, bipolar, I don't think marijuana it triggers trigger. it very much, but I think it's more like LSD. They haven't studied it enough on weed. Some say yeah. it does, some say it doesn't. And, you yeah. know, at that point, you know... Yeah. Have, have you ever smoked weed, Jimmy? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but nothing harder than that. Nothing harder than weed. Yes. I mean, it's going to become legal. Well, soon. I have. I'm probably going to do it this weekend. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, it, it hasn't triggered anything in anyone, in, in my experience. Uh, okay. You know, you have too much, you fall asleep. That's it. Yeah, but, you know, but in some people, maybe the triggers schizophrenia. Possibly. But I don't think... I don't Absolutely. think it's more LSD. But anyway, I mean, lacking any kind of proper scientific study, all you can really go by is what you know from personal experience. Mm, so mm. that's what I'm saying. Mm. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think I think different drugs kind of go well to get like not doesn't necessarily completely represent a, t- yeah. a type of musical genre, um, but definitely well represent. How about how about in like drugs in film or drugs in you know, just art in general. I think anyone who does art, like yeah. you know, just just painting there's and stuff like that, is a massive drugger. I don't think I don't think there's any <laughs> any sober, you know, paintings. Just like, um, you know, like what we were talking about last you know last episode about the you know 
uh, Tate Modern just went in there and like there's a oh, blue, yeah. a blue canvas. The yeah. guy who painted the blue canvas had the courage to go to the a museum and be like, "This is art." Yeah, that guy is on a world of world of drugs. I reckon there's no sober guy who does that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, what about that guy from the twenties who said art was just a urinal? Uh, you yeah. think he was tripping balls? Remember, LSD wasn't <laughs> invented in the twenties. Tripping balls and the fluoride in the mm. in the water. I can't wait for the podcast about drugs. Like I have so much, <laughs> yeah. so much to contribute here. <laughs> but let, let, like, this is becoming too much about drugs. Okay. I think we're supposed yeah. to be talking about its influence on art. Yep. And music. Thing is, like we said, some of the best we, we referred specifically to musicians mm. in the last one that they were, you know, druggies or alcoholics or just really depressed. Yeah. But as you put an example here. Ernest Hemingway yes. is one of the best authors of American literature, mm. Western literature. Yep. You know, he wrote some amazing stuff. Mm. Raging alcoholic. Yeah. I think he was oh, on yeah. some drugs as and well. And then you also have Hunter S. Thompson, again, a great American author. Mm. Everything. Yeah. Everything <laughs> that but guy had. I guess it just kind of links to... Fear um, and Loathing in Las Vegas, by the way, mm, okay. is an incredible film and really accurately presents yeah. drugs, I think. Yep. I think it kind of um, drugs kind of takes away from you know your normal thoughts. They kind of give you um, this is wacky. Even in even in with alcohol, they kind of you're not just you're not one hundred percent yourself when you're under the influence of drugs. But then the question becomes: if because we're talking about art and music, does that become a bad thing that you're not one hundred percent yourself? That you're in touch with some some other part of yourself or some part of yourself that is not usually you mm. in terms of... Maybe how that takes I, away from the how, related, I, how relatable it is, maybe. Possibly. But then, of course, there's other people who will have had the same experiences. Yeah. Maybe that's for them. Mm. Like you said, the hippie movement, they were all doing drugs yeah. of some kind. Yeah. You know? That this isn't... In that case, I don't think it's meant for everyone, you know? Mm. It's not trying to be relatable like the early Beatles mm-hmm. or... That kind of thing. Yeah. Like after they split off and, you know, John Lennon got really weird. <laughs> you know. Who was it? Was it George Harrison who converted to Hinduism? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, yeah. yeah. My When he sang My Sweet Lord, I thought it was a Christian song. And then they started singing Hare Krishna. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. It caught me so off guard because it, I was really young and I didn't okay. know their story yet. Is it is it like a type of Hinduism? I'm not it is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, a like a, a it's, a, it's a Hindu sect that... Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to say so much cooler than Christianity, man. Specifically worship. Buddhism and oh, no, Hare Krishna is pretty weird. Like, Hinduism's fine. Hare Krishna, uh, yeah. kind of culty for my taste. Yeah. Talk about it more yeah. on the religion podcast here. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to insult the entire planet. <laughs> no. But, um, anyway, uh, how about we, we talk about, um, uh, well, I, I wrote down a point, um, before that I didn't quite get to, um, about kind of like the, um, oh, well, okay. My point, my point is this, when I'm watching comedy, right. Yes. When I'm, when I'm at stand-up comedy shows, um, how do I say, how do I say this? The, some of the comedians kind of appeal to, again, the common man. All right. All right. And we'll link this back to the drugs thing. <laughs> if you can find a link. Um, but, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and, and some people will kind of appeal to, uh, the people that are kind of more sort of 
le- le- or less offended. They they appeal more to the um, uh, the comedians, I guess, in the crowd. Um, I don't, right, people who've watched more comedy. Yeah, people have say. people have seen more comedy. Like the more comedy you watch, the more open you become to that kind of stuff. Where eventually you're just insulting women and minorities on stage. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still funny. Yeah, that's right. So there's okay. What what basically what I'm saying is I go to a lot of stand up shows. I see different comedians do their do their do their part, and a lot of the comedian or I can, I can, it's obvious the spectrum of kind of complexity in in their comedy right that the lowest the lower end of the spectrum is a guy who just goes up there and, and spits out just puns <laughs> the lowest form of comedy <laughs> uh, I, and it's funny some I of them like not not to me really yeah, but I, a lot of the a lot of the people are laughing you know it's not necessarily bad comedy but it, it is it's it's not complex at all it's easy comedy it's easy comedy and then you get to you know you kind of go through um I don't, you know I don't know what I, what end I'm on I'm probably a mixture you know I'm not sure. I, I'd, I'd like to say that I'm on the more complex form <laughs> but at the same time we'd all like to say that we'd all but, like to say that you know um then you get sorry I was gonna say I don't think it's for us to judge whether we are smart or stupid mm. we just have to try to be smart yeah and you know maybe not let other people decide okay. but just maybe encourage everyone to try to do the same mm. and just admit there's always going to be something that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Sorry I interrupted you, Jimmy. Go <laughs> on. Anyway. And on the other end of the spectrum is, uh, is it, well, what, what I think it is anyway, this is my opinion. Um, these people that go out and they kind of are a little bit offensive Mm-hmm. And a lot of people but, are shocked by it, and they're just like, "What? You can't say that." But at the same, at the same time, you know, yes. um, to them, you know, it's 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 sort of not offensive, and they do it in a way that that um, you know you're not you, that isn't isn't kind of um, going against anyone. You know, they're not they're not you know they're not going out to offend a specific type of people. They're not offending black people. They're not offending or short people or whatever. You know, perhaps. <laughs> They are purposely being offensive just to point out how stupid it is that people get offended yeah. by comedy. Yeah, and you know? and yeah, I mean, l- l- just before I came, kind here, of pushing the line as we did as yes. we as we spoke about in our comedy podcast. Just you before know, pushing I, the line, just really. before I came here to record this, I watched a bit by an Australian comedian called Steve Hughes. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Steve? I've Hughes? heard of him. I haven't seen him. Yes. He did stuff. a bit where you know. He said he lives in England, in Manchester, and Manchester in particular in England has quite a large gay scene, a gay nightlife Mm -hmm. scene, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, he's a metalhead. He played in metal bands, so he's got, like, the long hair, the ear piercing. He wears all black, you know? Yep. And uh, they say a a man approached him and he said, you know, if you wear an earring in your right ear in Manchester, it means you're gay. Mm. And he does. Mm -hmm. He's like... That's weird. Yeah. In Australia, it's when you take another man's cock up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that offensive? Uh, no, I don't think. Well, okay, see, some people might be offended by it. I'm not it offended be. by it. Yeah, but. but then later he defends them, right? Yeah, Because yeah, he's... Yeah. Like, the, the, this is the bit, right? He does. He's like, I've got friends who are homophobic, uh-huh. you know, and I tell people, they go, they can't be. Well, they are. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, they shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, they are. <laughs> yeah. They should stop. <laughs> They're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, my friend, he goes, I don't like him. I don't like him. They're not manly. <laughs> you know, he's like, they're not manly. They fuck other men. <laughs> <laughs> you with your women, go play with your tits. I want some cock. 
<laughs> so this, I was watching this. Very well and said, I thought, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> I can't take credit for it. Steve Hughes, go watch him. <laughs> yeah. The thing that struck me is would people? I feel like we should have done this in a comedy podcast. Yeah, well, as it is. But look, comedy is a form of art. It kind yes. of all links together. Our seven episodes. True enough. Yes, and I guess it does apply as well to will people get it? Will yeah. it apply to yeah, them? Yeah. You know, so. A lot of people get offended for other people, you mm-hmm, know, mm. straight people say, oh, you can't say that about gay people. Yeah. There might be the gays in the audience are laughing their asses off. Yeah. Right? Thing is... Depends how you say it. I bet that's, we've, we've been through that, but yeah. Yes. Thing is, uh, me as a straight man, is it my place to judge, first mm. of all, what he's saying about other people? Mm-hmm. And second, even if it is or isn't, should we stop him? Mm. Like... Because I kept thinking he might not get away with that today. Like, that was from almost six, seven years ago. Okay. When it was still marginally, barely acceptable. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But, yeah, I, th- I still thought it was really funny. Yeah. Because he wasn't actually insulting them, was he? he no. I mean, he's defending them against his homophobic friend. Mm. Yeah, and that, I guess, kind of links to, you know, um, a, bit of a bit of a story that, that, I, that, I, that I have. Um in 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 the sense that you know does some of the best art kind of not get published or you know is it is it um too complex or too inappropriate for the common man to understand or to for it to be related to you know mm-hmm. does this mean that some of the most offensive comedy or which which might be some of the funniest comedy or does it does this mean that some of the best you know more complex music or novels or film does that does it mean that it's not. It's never published, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I found this interesting. Um, Cheryl Strayed, the author of um, the award-winning novel *Wild*, which I haven't read and don't plan to because I'm not a big reader. But anyway, um, was told by a publisher to remove a part of the novel as it was too inappropriate and would therefore not sell as much. Chuck Palahniuk, who who wrote um, one, you know, who wrote *Fight Club*. Club. Uh, read this part of the book and described it as some of the best literature he has ever read. This shows that some of the best art is not published due to censorship and the idea that artists need to publish something that will sell uh, rather well. Um, you know, oh wait, what have, I, what have I said there? The idea that artists need to publish something that will sell well rather than something that is better art. Dumb it Jeez, down I'm... so it makes more money. Yeah. That's, that's I, I, what you're I saying. I kind of butchered the last part there, but that's right. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're not much of a reader. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So you wait. think that's an issue, Jimmy, that artists have been forced to change what they want to put in? As, uh, to, or rather put so, out? It's such as, a hard thing because it, 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 it doesn't, you know... The whole reason why it was taken out is because it, it won't sell as well, and that's what we're is that is that what we're all after, you know? But then being relatable, being being popular, being you know maybe she doesn't care about how much it'll sell, mm. just that the story gets out and the full message is out as she wants it to be. Yeah, because like we said, a lot of artists of all different genres, musicians and painters and you know writers, don't make a lot of money. Yeah, and they wouldn't stick with it if they really cared. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they shouldn't ask her to remove that. It's no. her work. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, does it... Why was it inappropriate? Do you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I could I could say what, what it's about. Blatantly sexual? Yeah, so he, he pretty much 
um, compared the uh, holding a holding a dying bird, like the, the like the throbbing and and, and all that of the mm-hmm. of a dying bird to um, like a, a little girl holding like the, it was from the perspective of a little little girl, yeah. like you know holding a dying bird and holding her uncle's penis while it ejaculates. Fucking <laughs> hell! Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? That's the point. Like yeah. She's clearly, it's shock value. Yeah. Like, to show you what the girl has gone through, I mm, guess. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't read the book, but clearly if they're making that comparison, that girl has seen some shit. Yeah, yeah. Which is the point of the book. Like, these, these are uncomfortable topics, but they need to be talked about. Mm. I stand by what I said. They have no right to tell her to remove that. Yeah. But it, it, is, it is so interesting that the concept of, you know, is there art out there that is, you know some of the best art that just, it, we don't, it's never published, you know. That does remind me of a story. It was um, a really reclusive guy. He was, there was something wrong with him mentally. No one really knows what. He was just really reclusive and he spent his in, his entire life's work, you know, when he wasn't working at a hospital or at a cafeteria or whatever. He was um, a writer and he wrote stories and he painted pictures and no one discovered it until long Long, well, not long after, shortly just before he died. And they said, this is brilliant. These are amazing. People would love these. And he seemed shocked, mm. right? And then he just resigned and said, too late now. Mm. You know, just because he was going to die soon anyway. Mm. The man's name was Henry Darger or okay. Darger. No one really knows how it was meant to be pronounced. Yep. I highly suggest everyone look up his story. There's a video in it on YouTube of a series called Down the Rabbit Hole. Mm. Henry Darger. Mm. Amazing story. Also, yeah, give it a And really watch. sad as well. Yeah. But yeah very that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. You know? He wasn't he wasn't even ahead of his time in any way. It was just something really unique that no one had seen before. Mm, mm. But it's he kept it hidden because he thought people wouldn't like it, mm. wouldn't appreciate it. And then he was actually like really sad when he found out that they would. Yeah. Too late now. Yeah. Yeah, is... You have to wonder how much of that has been out there that's been lost. Mm. You know, someone just spent their life's work and then they left it in their will, you know, burn my journals or whatever. Yeah. And then they listen. Yeah. It's a shame. And also, you know, people um, dying before their time, you know, people who have taken a lot of drugs, you know, in the music industry, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, you know, um, the Jim Morrison, you know, I can just, yeah. you know, these people that, Jeff, Jeff Buckley, you know, my favorite yeah. musician who died very young, you know, these people that, you know, if they lived longer, then they would, yeah. could have produced some of the greatest art art pieces ever, you know, but continue to. Shannon Moon as well, he sang... Oh, I can't even remember the band he sung with, but he did... Uh, he sang on Don't Cry with Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good song. He yeah. was the other guy with the mic. He was... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a shame. I yeah. think it was Melon. Whatever. Anyway. Um, Too late now. Yeah. Are you happy if I do my... Yeah, go ahead. All right. So that's pretty much the end of the... Yeah. So that's pretty much the end of the um, kind of series of, of art. We'll go into, you know, the next kind of topic, next episode, which I'm excited for. Um, but for the last sort of year or so, I've been um, writing a short story. All right. It goes for about four and a half minutes, so I'll just read, it, read that now. And I've, I kind of... Um, w- I've been writing it for, I started a year ago and I just kind of come back to it every so often, you know, sure. like it's, I, I never, it's never, it's just kind of the thing that I do 
like every so often just come back oh you know i might write a few sentences here or there and um i don't know it really made something to me and this is the first time i've read it to anyone so finished it last week a few days ago so yeah if you, if you don't want to listen to it then you can just tune out now but yeah i'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna read it and at this point everyone closed the tab <laughs> <laughs> and i guess yeah if you want if you if you want a copy you, of it then you know do you like me to keep this running uh no nah, i don't know okay yeah, if you want, if you want a copy of it, a copy of it, you know, give me an email. But if not, then I don't know. Just sit back and relax. Listen to my story. So it's called the Eternal Quest. Here is the secret man can never muster the courage to tell. Here is what you never hear about in your favorite fairy tale and the story you never read in the articles of your weekly magazine. Here is what makes the Alpha Man crumple up into a jagged rock, beaten to the brim as he rolls into the depths of the ocean, forever lost in its murky darkness. His soul is buried beneath the sand of the ocean floor, but still he perseveres, growing back his arms and legs so he can grind his way back to the very thing that continues to beat him, the very thing that drains the battery of his every muscle, that creates pain stronger than any ordinary man can handle. But this is no ordinary man. The Alpha Man pushes beyond his body's limitations and continues on his treacherous journey, swimming past the beauties of the bright red coral and the clusters of fish endeavouring together in peaceful unison. And as he journeys through the crystal clear water of the ocean blue, he does not think to tilt his head and observe the beauty that passes before him, ever so blind to the greatness of Earth's finest wonders. Instead his mind is preoccupied, for there is only one true wonder he cares to find. He searches day and night on the quest to find the wonder he so desires, driven by the hope of one day drinking the finest of wines from his wildest treasure, his holy grail. The Alpha Man dreams of this extraordinary moment every night as he lays under the blanket of the starry sky, pondering the thought of his eternal fame and glory after being united with the holy grail once and for all. As he lays there, he falls into a state of slumber, and dreams of a world where he roams free, escaping from the chain that drags down his hopes and desires, escaping from the world he knows and entering a place where he can call himself king. But as the sun awakens the world for yet another day, the Alpha Man realises his dream will only be true of the night, and he is merely a peasant throughout the sunlit hours. For he knows his body will never be strong enough to continue searching treasure chests at the bottom of the ocean for something that may not even exist. He knows he will never be crowned king while sitting upon his wondrous throne, looking down at the chalice he had worked so hard to find. Yet, the Alpha Man picks himself up from the dusty floor and drags himself away from the silky smooth pillow that granted him his deepest wish. He eats his cereal, puts on his bathers, and returns to the depths of the ocean, driven by the message that echoes in his head. Never give up in your dreams, son, even if it means sacrificing everything. His mother's voice lingers in the back of his mind every morning as he wakes and every evening as he retires to the comfort of his pillow. It's with him through the heartfelt days of anguish and is what grants him the strength to fight for the treasure he, he is convinced will appear around the next corner. But what if the Alpha Man's quest added up to nothing more than a journey down the rabbit hole of destruction? What if the message he abides by so dearly is the same that has caused his obsession? trying to fulfil a dream that was never destined to come true. 
that the Holy Grail was all but a myth, fixated in his mind to fill the void deep within his soul. The Alpha Man buries these thoughts to the back of his head and continues his ventures through the ocean's brisk waters. He paddles his arms and kicks his legs while his body begs for mercy. As the days go on, his body weakens, yet the glimmer of hope never fades. For the Alpha Man battles on in his eternal quest, searching for his beloved treasure in the Earth's deep blue ocean. Alright, so that was uh, the Eternal Quest, guys. Been working on that for some time. Uh, Adrian's gone now, by the way. Um, he <laughs> This is recorded on another day, actually. I kept stuttering during the during reading the story, so, you know, didn't want to... I had to record it. But anyway, so that was it. Um, if you want to... You know, if you want a copy of it for some reason, um, be my guest, just message me or email us. Um, email is jimmy99berry at gmail.com. So just 99 is the use numbers, uh, not the yeah, – anyway, you, you get it. You get it. And, uh, and yeah, so if you – any, any feedback on, um, on the story would be great and just feedback in general uh, for the podcast, that would be, that'd be awesome. Um, and, yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this – Please, please let us know that you are. Um, so yeah, just message us or email us, and yeah, that'd be great. So anyway, that was uh, episode seven, and um, we'll be looking at consumerism next week. So, or in two weeks, whatever. So next episode, consumerism. So yeah, anyway, uh, thanks very much. Thanks for listening.